Well, hello, hello. You are listening to Above Average, the podcast for big families. I'm Lance Osborne, and I'm here with... Bobby. How's it going, guys? And Bobby's watch. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Oh, What's it time for? Does that mean something? Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got, I time everything. It's my, one of my things. So is it time for a snack? It could be, it could be, well, no, I couldn't be, if I was eating on the show, we should do a show where we eat the whole time. The audience would love that. I can imagine <laughs> the reviews right now. Hey man, we'll switch the gears a little bit before we uh, jump into the topic for tonight. I wanted to go ahead and throw something out there uh, to the listeners and say, Thanks to everybody who has reviewed the show. Bobby, you and I, we've seen some reviews pop up lately, haven't we? Yeah, that's been really cool to see, and we appreciate it so much. Uh, and anybody listening that would care to, to give us a review, we, we would appreciate that. That would be incredible. Yeah, and it not only makes us feel good. I think we've said this before. We don't do this for the ego trip. It actually has an impact on I the do. way that you do. Oh, totally. Yeah, this is I feel famous. I mean, I, I'm already like, I went out and bought some rings and, you know, I've, I've got a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> Hang on. So I, that's what famous people do? Yeah. They go buy rings? Oh, yeah. I got, I got, it's ring I got time. four rings on each finger, man. That's, that's my thing. <laughs> All right, Ringo. <laughs> well, uh, to the rest of you who want to review the show but haven't yet done so, uh, I would love a little bit of fame and a ring fortune headed my way. No, but in all seriousness, it helps us spread the word. iTunes really, really pays attention to this stuff. Bobby and I have done a little bit of research, uh, just trying to figure out how to spread the word. Uh, we've told our friends, we've told our family, our friends of friends know. It's getting a lot of traction. We're, we're kind of riding high on this category called new and noteworthy on iTunes. Stitcher, I believe, has something, something comparable. So if you could, please go rate us and review us. That really would mean the world to us. Uh, and again, thanks to those who have already done so, especially those that we've paid. It's crazy how much iTunes pays attention to those reviews. Did you miss my joke? No. My joke about paying people? Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> Should we go back? Maybe it wasn't that good of a joke. We'll edit it yeah. out. We'll edit yeah. and go back. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe at this point, we'll just leave it in. It's more entertaining to hear it that Maybe it, Maybe it's funnier. Me doing this is funnier than the joke was. Hey, well, anyway, thanks again. If you have reviewed the show, we appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners, even the ones who say, and I've heard this, Bobby. Sarah and I went to a, a function, a dinner, a thing the other night. And somebody said, I haven't listened yet, but I will as soon as I get a break from our seven kids. And I was like, oh, this is, this is great. Bobby and I have created something phenomenal. This is a brilliant idea. It's a podcast for people who never have the time to listen to the podcast. Yeah, I thought about that a, f a couple months ago and I sh I should have voiced it to you. I was thinking about that. Uh, Cuz it was I was thinking I was trying to get my wife to let, hey, you know, Catherine, have you listened to this show and 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 then I remember she doesn't get to listen to stuff. I mean, if she's in the car, she's got the four kids with her and and that's when I listen to all my shows. So, yeah, that's that's a funny little uh irony i guess you know to say listen to our show when you never have time to right right so that's who we are though that's where we're at and for those people who do get to listen uh, i know i had a friend recently who said i binged on all five episodes all at once and it was when we just had five out and that was the most flattering thing that i'd ever heard but it was also probably a little bit of reality too because if you're the parent of an above average family you might get these pockets of time where you're doing something and you're like, I like this content. I like the show. I want to sit down and I want to listen to more than just this 30 minute episode. And I, I think we're in this kind of binging culture when it comes to consuming media anyway. So 
the the podcast format really lends itself nicely to that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So to that lady who has not yet listened, but hopefully will soon, if she's got seven kids, maybe she'll have eight soon. I don't know. Maybe there are other families out there working on their next baby. Sarah and I are working on our next baby. And I, that the work is almost done, my friend. The work is almost done. I've worked so hard over these last nine months. Oh, gosh. Let me tell you. It's been so... I want to be near you when Sarah listens to that show. <laughs> listens to what you just said. I just want to be close by. Okay, speaking of editing things out, that, might, that one might have to come out. But no, the show, it's about the time, at, way after you've broken the news, this is about the time that the baby is coming, your next baby is coming. You've already got your above average family. You've already got your three, four, five kids, and rel- relatively four, five, six, baby number four, five, or six is on the way. This is the final countdown. This is the time right before the baby arrives. So tonight, Bobby and I are going to talk about this because he and I, we've both been there. And if you're listening to the show, either you've already been there or you may be there soon. You may be there at some point. If if that baby comes and joins your already large family, what is this like? What's it like before the baby arrives? What's it like during? So when you're at the hospital or your wife is at the hospital and all this stuff, it's go time. Then what happens after? What about when you guys get home or... You know, the the aftermath, the maternity leave, or or what have you. So we're going to walk through some of this stuff, uh, just share some of our experiences and some of our issues and challenges with things and talk through it. What do you think, Bobby? Yeah, I like it. And, and I think we'll also talk about how that's morphed and changed from one kid to two kids to three kids to four to however many you have, how that, that experience has shifted. I think uh, it, it's been fun to kind of think through some of the things we've jotted down here for me. Well, let's kick it off before the baby arrives. So we're talking about, and I'm I'm in this, I'm in the throes of this right now. Sarah and I are in the throes of this. She is at 37 weeks right now. We are, we're two weeks plus away from the due date. And it's not that we're sitting around twiddling our thumbs. We're getting ready. We're doing some stuff, but we also know that it's about to get crazy. So we've shut the schedule down a little bit. We've pulled in things a little bit. We're dialing back our activities a little bit, uh, just so that we don't have a thousand things on our schedule in case the baby comes tomorrow, you know, uh, that we then have to clear out of the calendar. What what did you say the other day? Baby watch, baby watch 2015. (laughs) Baby watch 2015. I love it. it. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's cool. So you kind of, you bring some, you kind of bring bring down the activity a little bit. You settle down a little bit just to kind of get ready and not be, not have your head in five different, 20 different places, if you will. Uh, when, yeah. if it, in case the baby's like, I'm here, I'm ready. Let's go. I don't know that we do that intentionally. I mean, uh, to a certain extent, of course we do, but it's not like we've got this check, this checklist where it says, okay, step one, do this step two, then do that. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of natural for us to go. Okay. Life's crazy anyway, but it's getting Mm -hmm. ready to, we're getting ready to go into hyperdrive craziness for this short period of time again, immediately before, during, and after the next, the next baby gets here. So what can we do to stay on top of it? Uh, uh, I guess we could create a checklist. Maybe that's what the show is about from a, uh, a non-literal standpoint of creating the checklist. Uh, one of the biggest things that, that we do is prepare. We talk about this. We walk through it. Uh, Sarah and I walk through it together. We start talking to 
her parents. We talk to my parents. What's the plan going to be like? I think for most ladies, Bobby, you you guys may have done this with your uh, obstetrician. Do you have a birth plan where you sit down and say, okay, this is what's going to happen. You arrive at the hospital, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Do you have, have you had something like that before? Yeah. Funny you bring it up. We, we, when we had Ava, this was back in Atlanta. Uh, we had a midwife and she was amazing. And she kind of, we asked her about it. Like, you know, we were three or four months out. And so, you know, we're hearing this, we're hearing that first baby, you know, doing, doing all the research and stuff. And, and she said, and we asked her if we should do something like this. And she said, you know, I know you guys, uh, and I've been doing this a long time and I don't know that you really need to do anything. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. This is just what happened with us. And we really just kind of took her on that. We just loved her so much and trusted her so much that we were just like, okay, well we got, you know, we got this. Uh, so we didn't even go to like, I don't even remember ever doing like breathing classes or anything. Was this, and this was for Ava, your first? Our first. Yeah. And so, yeah, we never did any of it. And I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying we never did. And here we are four kids later and we've never done really any kind of big time plan. Now we have talked about a few things, um, as far as, you know, uh, you know, if, if, we're going to try to go to a certain point before Catherine decides if she wants an epidural or not. And you know, that's, yeah, we, sure. We don't, have, sure. we don't have to get in all that, but yeah, I mean, little things like that, but not very detailed. So yeah. No. Yeah. I would say with our first, it was pretty detailed and I'd say that's, that's probably the the rule of thumb for first time parents. They want to map out everything. They need to take in all these if then considerations, all these, you know, conditional what happens if this happens, then this happens on all that. That makes sense to me. Uh, it also makes sense, though, that if you do something different, kind of off the beaten path, if you have a home birth mm-hmm. or something along those lines, because then you really do have to say it's more than just the plan for my little planner's heart. Mm-hmm. It's really what if the baby needs oxygen and we don't have the oxygen tank ready or oh, something yeah. crazy like that, you know? So that makes sense. I could see, yeah, that that would be important. Yeah. I think for the first child, uh, for, for Katie Beth, everything was locked and loaded. The second one, the third kid, things were a little bit more relaxed. We became more and more comfortable. The fourth one, we did have a home birth and it was a phenomenal experience. I don't know. Maybe that's another show topic at some point, too, Bobby, because that was, that was, a really big part, I think, of our life story, of our married story, and now of our family story, having a baby at home. It was a really cool experience, especially with a bunch of little kids that kind of woke up the next morning and they had a new baby brother right there in the in the house. So anyway, yeah. we, could, we could talk about that some other time. Point being, for that home birth, home birth, we did have a birth plan. We don't have a birth plan for this next one. Uh, nothing official, nothing that's written down. It harkens back to what you were saying earlier how you have this relationship with your midwife. And she's like, I get you guys. I know what you want to do. We've talked about it. I got it. And I would say that's probably where we are with this one. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, after the first, the second was, I mean, there's always this incredible excitement and anticipation, kind of like where you're at right now, two weeks out. And I love those. I mean, I love hate those weeks, like love slash hate, because it's like, I just want to be here now. You know, I go into work. 
and wondering if I'm going to get a phone call at any hour, at any time, you know, that kind of drives me nuts a little bit. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, 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 the second one was, you know, we were more relaxed and the third, we were even more relaxed and we've come to, and I think we'll get into this, but we've come to enjoy, uh, really enjoy, uh, the time we, we get right after the baby's born. Uh, we, we really do enjoy that. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think that asks the question still kind of before the baby arrives, your comfort mm-hmm. level, the way that your comfort level changes. And I would say in almost all cases, you get more and more comfortable. Not that you're pros, not that it becomes old hat, not that you really take anything for granted, because let's face it, you're still welcoming a new life into the world, and you want to do that in the most respectful way possible. So you want to have your precautions and all that stuff from from the safety, mm-hmm. from the medical standpoint. But you do get a little bit more confident, because once you've done it a few times, <laughs> you're going into, the, into this one, thinking, okay, here's generally what will happen. It's important, I think, for everybody to to, to realize our... I, I came to this realization when we had William, because uh, William had a little bit more... That's our newest newborn. Uh, he's now 10 months old. Uh, he had more complications than the others. So whereas we went into the fourth baby delivery, like kind of on a song and a, a dance, just going into the hospital... Um, it's a significant thing that's happening, and it remind I had to be reminded of what's going on here and uh, how delicate the process is, and and just uh, how miraculous it is, and that I had taken for granted that we'd just been blessed for the first three to come out very easy, um, and then William kind of gave us a challenge, and I, we're not going to get into that, but uh, everything was great. It just reminded me that preparation i don't think you can i don't think you should ever necessarily go back on it even when you get to your fourth and fifth and you know however however long it goes some of them are going to be just a breeze and then some you'll be glad that you did your your checklist you know yeah that's a great point so what is different and what's the same is what i would ask what i would ask you i think that's something important to talk about so you're always going to pack a bag. You're going to, that's something that we actually need to do this weekend. I, I've been talking about it <laughs> with Sarah for a little bit. I'm like, okay. And where we live in Kentucky now, the hospital is much, much closer than it was while we were living in Nashville. We're talking about 10 minutes as opposed to 20 plus, which is, you know, the hospital that we had chosen to go to in Nashville, 20 plus, 30 plus, maybe even. And this one's 10 minutes away. But that still doesn't change the fact that once you're in the hospital in those walls, you really don't need to step out, especially if your wife's having the having the baby, she's working on laboring. Or if you are the wife, if you are the lady, you're definitely not going anywhere to say, oh, hang on, let me run home and go get the whatever. Right. <laughs> I forgot the... Yeah. yeah. So in that regard, that's the same. You're still going to pack that. Now you may have more of a clue on what you want to pack, or you might tweak that or whatever, you know, that, that naturally makes sense. You may be packing a lot less because you're like, Hey, I'm going to be in and out this time around. This is a 20, 20 hour stay. And I'm going to pack a change of clothes and bam, I'm good. As opposed to, I know for the first time we packed, like we were going to stay there for a a week. This was a week long vacation. (laughs) We walked in with bags and backpacks and suitcases and whatever else. So that will change, but still the idea you're going to pack a bag. You got anything that you would add yeah. to that list, Bobby? What's different and what's the same? Yeah, I think the different is is definitely that we're not 
the bag isn't packed like a month in advance where, where it was with Ava. I don't, yeah, like you said, I don't have several changes of, I mean, for whatever reason, you know, uh, you know, you overpack on that first one and cause, Oh, we might need this and we have to, I don't know. I mean, for us, we were dimming lot. We had everything. We had we had ambi- ambience, noise, and and speakers, and all this stuff for the first one. And then that's a lot of that's just been like, you know, we can get rid of this. Um, you know, so kind of more bit bare bones. Uh, here, what do we need? What can we get through with? Uh, so yeah, it, it's just gotten a lot less. Uh, I guess maybe thought out if you will, or maybe we're just so used to it that it just, you know, we know what to take, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe um, you're just not so. overthinking it to a T and yeah. because, yeah. <laughs> and you guys get this and I'm sure our, our listeners get this when that time comes, especially if you've already got your large family, your bandwidth for paying attention to, I guess what we would consider the little things, you know, they might be important things at the time, but they're little things when it compares to taking care of your other kids and making sure that they've also got a plan. So it might be childcare. It might be mealtime. It might be, Hey, don't forget that when Luke brushes his teeth, he's got to brush that one spot that he always misses. You know, you've got, mm-hmm, the, you've mm-hmm. got all those T's that you got to cross and I's that you've got to dot. Yeah. That's a great point. It probably takes a little bit of the emphasis off of let's make sure that we've got the candles or that we've got the playlist ready or whatever. By the yeah. way, Sarah and I do that. We've got a baby <laughs> playlist like welcoming baby into the world playlist that has some classical stuff it's got some of our favorite songs all beatles it's got a lot of beatles on it (laughs) actually fun note fun note i believe it was mary funny enough right as mary was being born and i don't know if it was a boy or a girl sarah didn't know if it was a boy or a girl like right as she's she's coming into the world the playlist switched into here comes the sun oh that's and i was like I'm going to have a son. Here comes my son. Here it is. Oh, that's so you. I love it. Well, the song was just epic. And of course, I'm crying. And here comes my baby girl. But it it was still wonderful. I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, God. At least it's a fun little story now. But no, so we still do the playlist. So we've still chosen to put the emphasis on that. And it works for us. Yeah. But let's go back to what I was saying a second ago. The reason that maybe you don't have as much bandwidth to focus on those little things is because you're focusing on your little ones or maybe even your older ones. You've got to focus on them. Why don't you talk about a meal prep? I think we were going to dig into that a little bit. Yeah. If you are, you know, you know, you're going to be gone for at least 24 hours. I would say most people at least 24 hours. Uh, A lot of people, it's 48 or even beyond that, uh, depending on how, how well the birth goes. And you got to think about, well, what are all these other kids going to, do and eat and you already mentioned like what's childcare and things like that and so do what do you do do you prepare a bunch of meals beforehand that can be frozen or or that will last uh you know i guess with just 48 hours they may not need to be frozen but could be refrigerated or whatever um so yeah that that's something that you do kind of think about and i really liked your point there all the other little ones running around they take most of your time and effort and brain power and therefore it, you don't get to think about as as much of you and your spouse when that time comes. And I think that's where a lot of people are be like, oh, yeah, kind of like you said, we got to pack our bags. We got to do that this weekend. But you've been thinking about all the other things, all the periphery things for your other kids. And that I think that that's a big deal. It takes a lot of your time on the front end. Good point. Good point. Hey, did we talk about people bringing you meals and 
maybe it's from church or from your work or anything like that. Do you want to, you want to touch on that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we're, we have a great circle of friends and, uh, some, and, and you may or may not have this, but, uh, there's oftentimes a meal train that's formed and, uh, essentially that's just folks that sign up to bring meals in the weeks after the baby's born. I think a lot of, this is a very common thing. So common that I think some websites are now helping you organize this stuff. Uh, who knows if there's a paid service or not, but, um, so that, I think that, that's uh, an important key as well. Uh, that helps a lot. It kind of takes the effort off of you versus having to, you know, pre-cook and pre-make a bunch of stuff for maybe the week that you come home, you're kind of taken care of. Uh, is, is that what you meant by that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've been on the receiving end. We've been on, fortunately, the giving end as well of that. Uh, I, man, anytime something big happens in somebody's life, whether it's they've gotten sick or they have to go travel for a while and then they have to come back. I don't know. Maybe they've gone to be with a relative. Maybe it's a death in the family, something like that. But it usually seems like uh, more often than not, it is a new baby and you're going to have somebody who's, especially if it's your first, but somebody who's just kind of been shell-shocked. Their whole life has been upended and it's great for people to just gift them with tons and tons of food. And it usually ends up being, what, a spaghetti bake? Or something like that, which is, you know, you might have 10 spaghetti bakes in the freezer, but you know what? It's food that somebody else has prepared for you uh, with lots of love. Uh, and even if you end up eating that for, I don't know, the first seven days, I think that's so valuable that somebody else has done that. If you don't have that, consider starting that. Consider being the one that even with your hands full, that starts doing that for other people. Uh, I think there there are a few websites out there, Bobby. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But tell you what, if you want to go to aboveaverageshow.com, by the time the show is posted, I will go find a link or two and put that in the show notes so you can check that out. But essentially, it just makes the scheduling for when somebody else does have that baby or has the death in the family. It makes the scheduling really practical. I think you send out an email to a bunch of folks, whether it's coworkers or friends or a church group or something, and you just say, hey, we're going to buy or we're going to put together a week's worth of meals for the Earhart's. So let's do a lunch and dinner every day. So that's, you know, 14 meals. Can we make that happen? Yeah. And you find 14 people who choose to do it and you sure. do all the planning through the website. So anyway, that, that kind of tangent, I think it's really valuable and relevant for what we're talking about, because if you do have that in your life, you understand its importance. If you don't have that in your life, again, maybe you can be the one who kind of instigates it. Yeah. So, Meal prep, that is a big pre-baby ritual, tradition almost, especially when your family's already above average or you're, you're working towards it. Uh, what are some other rituals and traditions out there? I know Sarah, we always like sending her on a massage. It doesn't have to be the fanciest place in the world. It doesn't have to be the all day with the pedicure and they do her hair and all that. That's wonderful. And if you can make that happen, either with time or money or both, man, do it. Uh, guys, Drop that on your wife. Wives, hint at your husbands that you would love something like that. Yeah. But this most recent time, Sarah just went to uh, you know the local health park that we're a part of and got a massage there. And it was just a 60-minute in-and-out kind of thing. It was part of her Mother's Day gift, and she loved it. She she was texting me immediately after going, ah. Uh, I think that's all the text said was just, ah. Oh, I feel so relaxed. <laughs> Yeah, Catherine gets. Uh, she's not into the massage, but she uh, she'll always go get a, a manicure and a pedicure. That's her thing, so that her nails are pretty when the baby, you know, for 
pictures and all that stuff and it's cool you know i uh that i think that's probably her major ritual um uh, beyond that for us i don't know that we have too too many um we we talked about baby moons i know you guys have done that T- tell me about that yeah so the idea being if you're unfamiliar with it a baby moon i mean i don't know they probably go by some other names but it's essentially kind of the honeymoon that you take right before you have the baby. So it's the calm before the storm, maybe. And this can be done two, three, four months before the baby arrives. And it's kind of like your last hurrah. So your last hurrah as uh, two young adults, and that's all your family is, is just you and your spouse. And then right before this baby comes. So Sarah and I did that before our first one. I think we had another baby moon before our second one arrived. And while it was a really cool tradition, at some point, the planning, the cost, the childcare, all the timing and stuff didn't really weave together as naturally as it used to go figure because our lives got a little bit more hectic. So if you, again, if you can make something like that happen, uh, do it. But I just wonder if our listeners, if our listenership, you know, when you kind of look at who we're talking to, Bobby, I wonder if they're able to do something like that, especially with, you know, kid number four or five, six. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I probably not, but I would encourage that people to try and we try uh, i think we did two out of the four kind of like you said and we, we even had these moments where i don't know a, a reckoning of having dinner together and we're a week away and you know we're in that phase of baby watch which is really any time now and just kind of look around the table and be like well this this is going to change you know and you kind of have a smile on your face and you look at your children, you look at your spouse, and you're just like, well, this this is our little family that we've gotten so used to, however long it's been, whether, you know, depending on the spacing of the kids. And now that's all going to be different here soon. And, and I think everybody kind of has this moment, even the kids kind of start to kind of dream of what their little brother or little sister's going to gonna be like and how different life's going to be, uh, especially in the next six to nine months when, when you're in you know, a baby boot camp, if you will. That's a show episode. That's a, that's an episode title. I want to hear more about that sometime. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, so there are other rituals and traditions out there before that baby comes. Maybe you've been able to continue those throughout all of your children. Maybe you haven't. If you've got some ideas, let us know. We'd love to hear more about what, what your family looks like. What have you been able to continue? What did you think you were going to be able to continue, but it didn't really pan out. But uh, Bobby, I've got to say just from Taking a step back, where else can you find two middle-aged men talk about manicures and pedicures and baby moons? I tell you what, that's the benefit of above average. You got it right Listen here. Us, man. You got it all right here. Bam. Bam. <laughs> that's right. No, but seriously, we do that out of the love for our wives, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's where that heart comes from. And just like you saying, yeah, Kat likes the manicure and the pedicure, but you know what? If it makes her happy, if that's her thing, more power to her. Yeah. And that's where we're at. If it makes her happy, if it makes, you know, your spouse happy, you know, increase that love. Do you go, do you get a manicure and pedicure too? Oh, not, not before the baby. (laughs) That's a weekly thing in my life. That has nothing to do with the baby. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Nice. Nice. You know what? I think all that's really, really good stuff. The show could go really long today, or I got a better idea. Why don't we make this our first two-parter? What do you think? That sounds good to me. Yeah, we there's a lot to cover, and I know both of us have some cool stories that we want to tell, so I, I think it's a great idea. 
So if you're listening right now, if you're listening in real time, uh, as this episode is being rolled out, consider this part one. And part two will come out about a week from now. Uh, if you're listening in the future, hello, people of the future. I hope life is grand there. I hope it. I hope you're people uh, of the future. I hope you have, have jetpacks. Hey, you guys have hoverboards. Seriously. But this is. Let's consider this part one. We'll be back with part two. We'll go ahead and talk about the uh, kind of the during of what it looks like, the birth, and what's happening with your children back home, and all that stuff. We'll talk about the aftermath. And how crazy it is and how beautiful it is to increase the size of your family. We'll talk about when your current kids see the new baby for the first time and all that fun stuff. But that way we don't rush it. So we'll consider that part two. We'll go ahead and bring part one in for a close right now. And I will say thank you so much for listening. I hope you stick with us. I hope you have enjoyed it today. If you have enjoyed this show, uh, please tell a friend. You can like our Facebook page, all that stuff. If you've got any feedback for us whether that's, hey, I've got a great story that I, you should really tell on the show, or if you've got a great guest idea, if you've got a topic idea, any of that stuff, you can see our contact information over at aboveaverageshow.com. You can email us and all kinds of other stuff, but you can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Osborne, O-S-B-O-R-N-E. And Bobby said he's on Twitter over there as well. Bobby, what's your, your username over there? At B-E-H-R-H-A-R-D-T. Bear heart. That's all I got. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being awesome parents. Thank you for caring about your family. Thank you for being an above average family. We'll see y'all next time. See you later.